The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day, mates. It's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, Feature scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. A few years ago, my friend Tez and I set out on the Great American Road Trip. We were going to drive from New York to Los Angeles, zigzagging through the country for six weeks or so. We were both in our early 20s, pretty broke, and as my mum had been a long-haul trucker, I suggested to save a ton of money, we would sleep in the back of our hatchback. It was a pretty cosy setup. We bought some blankets and sheets at Goodwill and cut one of them up to make curtains. By the end of the first week, we'd gotten so good at it, in fact, that we could set up camp in about 10 minutes. Luggage moved in the front, curtains up, bedding laid down, and out for the night. We slept in the parking lots, free campsites, rest areas, basically anywhere that it seemed safe and semi-legal. There was never a night, after the first night, where we felt scared too, until the last week of the trip in Arizona. So, we were near Flagstaff and had gotten pretty used to our routine. We didn't go on a set schedule and would never drive for more than three or four hours a day, no destination really in mind, outside a few must-see landmarks that is. We'd just drive to places that we found the night before on Google and take suggestions from other campers, locals and people that we met. We had also gotten very good at making friends. We went to Denny's with a group of rednecks that we met at a campsite in the back of their pickup because I got hungry and overheard them saying that they were going too. We met an 80-year-old cowboy though who took us out drinking and taught us to line dance at a country bar. I really do hope you're still kicking old Grandpa Mac. We played the guitar with some musicians in the middle of a thunderstorm. We got fed breakfast and dinner by tons of campers who invited us to hang out with them. Spent the 4th of July with a family who basically adopted us into their campsite. Grandma gave us some weed candy. But basically, every encounter that we had with a stranger was a positive one. And this night didn't look to be any different. We found a free campsite on Google and drove up into the woods, following our GPS. We were pretty far out of town and something just seemed a little bit off when we pulled up to the campsite. There was one RV parked and two cars further up in the trees. We pulled up near the RV and my man opened the door. Tez waved hello and he just kind of stared at her and his expression was also completely blank. Then, as if she hadn't said anything, he just slowly closed the door again, staring at us the entire time. Figuring that he just wanted some privacy and thought that we'd be obnoxious or something, we pulled further down the road and found a flat spot to park the car. Instead of our usual routine of setting up camp immediately while it was still light out, we goofed around for a while, smoking and laughing and taking dumb photos of ourselves. Tez pointed out a campfire further down the campsite and we decided to go and be friendly. 
We'd met so many people in the previous five weeks by just going up and offering beer or just chatting, so we just wandered over thinking that this would be the same. Near the campfire, there were two men, the owners of the cars that we'd seen earlier. They seemed friendly and we sat down to chat with them. They were drinking and smoking and we sat down and we had a beer with them. One of the men seemed, well, pretty off. We came to find out too that the two of them didn't actually know one another. The older man was definitely on some sort of drugs. He was spinning in circles and talking about UFOs. However, he seemed mostly harmless. This left us chatting with the younger man, who claimed to be a former park ranger. He was handsome and easygoing. In fact, we spent several hours just chatting about our trip and families and everything like that. But then he started talking about the bear. He'd seen a bear earlier in the forest. Tez didn't believe him and he pulled out his camera to show her photos of the bear. It was very close to the campsite and we both were a little freaked out. It wasn't unheard of for one of us to get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, so the idea of a bear hanging around in the night, it really spooked us. The ranger just laughed and then his expression just changed completely. It's hard to describe, but his voice seemed somehow cold. He said, If you get out of your car in the middle of the night, it's not a bear that you should be worried about. I kept waiting for the laugh or for him to nudge Tez with his elbow. Jokes on the foreigner and the city girl, right? But he never did. I laughed awkwardly and made a dumb joke about serial killers in the woods. My friend laughed as well and joked about Texas Chainsaw Massacre and we moved on to another subject. But within five minutes, the ranger had come back to it and was talking about something grabbing us from our car in the middle of the night. No matter how we tried to steer the conversation away from serial killers, he just kept latching back on. But the older man was high as a kite at this point and was staring at the stars, not talking. We just awkwardly laugh and sip our beer and try to get the conversation going somewhere else. But then the ranger stood up and walked towards the cooler to get another beer. At this point, it's pitch black out and I can't see anything outside the circle of light from the campfire. The beer cooler was just outside of that circle when suddenly there's a red dot in the darkness and... It took a moment for me to realize that it's a camera. The ranger is holding a camera. He had taken a photo of us and I could see the screen on the digital camera light up. Now, it wasn't totally odd for the people that we met to ask to take pictures with us. My friend Tez is gorgeous, dark hair, blue eyes, like a young Megan Fox and we were friendly. People like having pictures of themselves too, so... Like I said, it wasn't totally out of the norm, but it was an entirely strange thing to have this person just take a photo of us without asking or even indicating that that's what he was doing. We were both staring at him like a deer in the headlights at this point, but instead of realizing that what he was doing was a bit weird, he checks his camera, adjusts some things and takes another photo, this time with the flash. No asking us to smile, no proposing a group photo, and no explanation. After this photo, he comes back to the fire and sits down. Not even a word said about the photo. It was at this point that me and Tez are mutually freaked out too. We make some BS excuse that we need to go back to our campsite and nope the hell out. When we stand up to leave though, the UFO guy smiles and says to have a good night. The ranger, however, looks at us with a smile that doesn't reach his eyes and says, Be careful out there, there's more than bears in the woods. And every hair on my body stood on end. I wasn't alone in my discomfort either because Tez laughed a response out and pulled me away from the campfire towards our car. We rushed back to the car, which we only found in the dark by referencing the RV, and jump in the front seats. My friend Tez is all but hyperventilating. Why did he take pictures of us? I was shaking, but I responded. Actually, I read somewhere that serial killers sometimes warn their victims. She stared at me for a second and then locked the car doors. Do you think that he just took victim photos of us? We both freaked out. She's in a full panic and turns the headlights on in the car. I immediately yell at her to turn them off because now he knows exactly where our car is. God knows why, but that is the only night that we'd not set up camp. 
We didn't need to tear anything down, so we just put the car in drive and we floored it straight out of that campsite. As we got onto the dirt road as well, the ranger was actually walking towards our car with that same cold expression. Back when I was 18, I'm a female too. My mum had been working in the garden, so she was exhausted and went to bed early that day. It was winter, so it got dark early too. I knew that I would be the only one awake for the next few hours until her partner got in from working at 4am. So I went about my usual nightly routine, just rolled up a smoke and went out the back to smoke it, as I did pretty much every night, not allowed to smoke in the house. The house has two floors and my bedroom was on the top floor. After I had my smoke, I went back upstairs and continued watching whatever I was watching. About an hour later, I decided that I was going to have another smoke and then just head to bed. I finished rolling and got myself ready to head out into the cold. But just before I headed downstairs, something on my phone distracted me. And I sat back on the bed, concentrated on that. When a minute or two passed, I heard a loud bang from downstairs. I thought to myself... It's just my mum's partner coming home. Then, seconds later, I realised I didn't hear the front gate open. Didn't hear the taxi pull up outside. Didn't hear the front door open. My cat was on the bed next to me too, so it wasn't him. And my mum is asleep next door, so what the hell was that bang? So I grabbed my taser, which honestly looks like a Nokia phone that my mum also didn't know about. And stick it in my dressing gown pocket and go into my mum's room. Normally, she's a really light sleeper, but because she was so tired from gardening, she just slept through the noise. I wake her up and tell her what I've heard. She gets herself ready, grabs a metal pole, and we slowly head downstairs. I insisted on going first because, in all fairness, my mum is like 5, 6, 130 pounds, has MS, and is also holding just a flimsy metal pole. I figure my taser would be a little better should we encounter anyone. Looking around... Everything seems fine. However, the last room we check is the bathroom, which is on the ground floor, to find that the window that sits just above the bath is wide open, and our two one-liter bottles of shampoo and conditioner, which are on the windowsills, have been knocked into the bath, creating the loud bang. Of course, we're like, what the hell? How could this happen? The wind, maybe? Obviously not, though. We were just really scared and trying to make ourselves feel better, I think. It's like 2.30am at this point and my mum calls her partner to tell him that someone has tried to break in through the window and blah blah blah, please come home. His response? Oh, it's probably just a fox or something, close it and go back to bed. You guys are just being paranoid. So we're like, well, you're no help. So we make sure everywhere is secure and we call 101, UK's non-emergency police number, to report it. Five minutes after calling though, four police cars and dogs all turn up. They look around and then come to the door and ask the obvious questions. After doing a walk around the house in the area, they come back again and ask do we usually keep our plastic garden chairs under the bathroom window. And no, we do not. The police advise us that a dodgy gang had been going around the area and trying doors and windows etc. to break in and steal whatever. They must have taken the garden chairs to stand on them to help them get in. The police also advised that my house a few streets over had just been broken into and everything was taken and the house was completely destroyed on the inside. I don't think that they were ever caught too. But the thing that freaks me out the most about this is that had I not got distracted by my phone before going out the back to smoke, I would have been outside sitting on those same chairs in the pitch black the outdoor light was broke, where the intruders would have come around and seen me and God knows what would have happened. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. 
Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. So, I've just recently moved in with my girlfriend and things are going good between us. But lately, I've had some experiences with things in the past, but it's been a lot going on in a very short time. What I mean is that usually things like this are spread out over the course of a few months to a year, but whatever's going on now, it's all happened in about two weeks. Since the first time I slept at her house, I felt like I was just being watched. I sort of just brushed it off though. I mean, the only weird thing that I can recall before moving in was thinking that I saw someone on a couch. It really freaked me out, I must admit, but again, I just kept it to myself. Fast forward to two weeks ago though, we're having an argument and the closet door just swung itself open. Neither of us really acknowledged it because we were both focused on proving our own points. But that night though, she brought it up and we both talked about how weird and freaky it was. That was when she said that she's seen someone sitting on the couch a few times as well. I immediately told her that I feel like I've seen the same thing. She then told me that she'd always felt watched in her apartment, but she never felt threatened. Well, a few days later, we were watching TV, weren't really paying attention because we were talking. I looked back over at the TV and her stuffed animal was on the floor, very close to the couch, just staring at us. And that was weird too, because there's no way that that thing should have been there. Later that night, me and my girlfriend were sitting on the bed and her ear just started bleeding out of nowhere. It was a lot of blood too, with grey and kind of blackish stuff in it. We brought it to the hospital, obviously, and they said that it looked like someone had stabbed her in the ear canal. It was really freaky to hear because we were just sitting there and the blood just started pouring out. Lastly, on Monday... We woke up and she said that she actually saw me slide out of the bed and walk over to the corner of the room near the bathroom. Then she looked over and saw my legs still in the bed. She said that she was really terrified by this, but then ended up just basically passing right back out into sleep. And when I woke up in the morning, I had scratches on my hands and knuckles that definitely were not there the night before. If anyone can let me know what they think could be happening, I'd really appreciate it. The only thing I can really think of is the fact that we do have a Ouija board here, but it's never been used. I mean, I would never really want to use one anyway. Someone got it for her as a gift, I believe, and she did use a different Ouija board at somebody's house about a month ago, but nothing happened. So, what do you guys think? In 2002, I was 14 years old, starting freshman year. I was an awkward, nerdy girl that didn't know how to handle attention from boys, so you could say that I made things worse for my situation. I had a knack for making friends with the weird people that no one liked, but I tried to be friendly with everyone that I met, so it wasn't a big deal to me. Unfortunately, that was also my downfall. Clubs were a big deal and they actually had an anime club so of course I was all about that. First club meeting, I sat next to a couple of friends and soaked it all up. I thought that I was finally with my people. But then, here comes Stalker Kid. I'd use his real name, I really would, but to this day I still have no clue what it is. He sat in front of me though and being that person, I said hi. I could tell that he was uncomfortable and didn't know anyone, so I was just being nice. And boy, did this guy cling to me for that one word. At first, he would just find me during lunch and just stand there mumbling things to me. He had such a soft voice, high-pitched, mousy little guy that you just felt unnerved when he spoke to you. The way that he would look at you as you spoke, I could never really look him in the eyes too. After a while, it became more asking about my personal life and what I was into. 
Me being dumb and naive, though, I tried to be friendly and chat while feeling incredibly uncomfortable. After a while, my friends and I would move to different tables, benches, even hallways just to avoid him, but he always found me somehow. After about a year of this, my best friend finally told me that if I didn't tell him to just get lost, that he would. I really didn't want him around anymore, so sure, go ahead. So one day during lunch, he comes stalker kid with his signature greeting, barely above a whisper, hey, my name, and my buddy just goes, dude, she's not interested, get lost. Looking hurt, he just shuffles away. I was like, man, you didn't have to be so hard on him, but uh, thanks, I guess. I didn't see him much around school after that, except for club days where he would just sit across the room and stare at me while my best friend glared at him. Cut to me being 16 and driving now, minus the awkward club days, I didn't really notice anything from him. That is, until an old grey beat up car started parking next to me extremely close. One day after school, he was waiting for me in that car too and he started asking me how I've been, what about prom and all that sort of stuff. I was trying to rack my brain on how he knew that that was my car unless he'd been watching me before and after school or something. I started getting there later and leaving later to avoid him too because he was like clockwork. Finally, a boy I used to be friends with in elementary school was walking out with me and made a comment about how that guy is always next to my car and asked if he was my boyfriend or something. I obviously immediately said no and that he's always following me around and I really hated it. It was really starting to freak me out too. And bless this guy, because he walked right up to him and just scared him off, threatening that if he ever parked near me again, he would basically kick his ass. I figured that maybe that was enough to keep him away, so again, there was a small space where I would hear nothing from him except for my friends who had classes with him, telling me how creepy he was. One friend had art class with him too and said that he would draw naked women constantly in his books. All big busted sexy pose women, really classy guy, right? But junior year is wrapping up and I started taking my BFF Phil to and from school. He was on my way so I figured why not. At some point though, Phil started noticing that little grey car was always heading the same way after school. It made a joke thinking, what if stalker kid lived next to him? Ha ha, small world, right? I could only be so lucky. But one day, as per usual too, little grey car was following us so we took a detour. Sure enough, he was with us every step of the way, and it was no longer a joke. We both started freaking out a bit. I pushed the gas pedal as hard as my foot could push it, and noped the heck out of sight. I went home and told my mum everything, because at this point, I knew that this wasn't normal. She shoved it aside though, saying that I was probably just seeing things and blah blah blah. Well, it came time for our end of year club party. Of course, SK, stalker kid, was a senior, so I would never have to see him again. For whatever stupid reason too, I offered to host the party thinking that he hasn't gone to one yet. Let's celebrate this moment. I was terrified when my dad let him in the door. I don't remember giving him an invitation to the party, so someone must have given it to him. He spent the whole party talking to me, my dad too, being all buddy-buddy with him, asking me where my room was, and I honestly just wanted to cry and hide at that point. It was all downhill after that as well. I remember there were days where I would hear a car pull up outside of my front door, and my room, having a window that saw the front, I would call my buddy Phil and peek to see if it was him. And three times in one month, I just hid under my desk and cried on the phone with Phil. Other events from school would be him asking a girl that I played softball with to prom, only to dump her and follow me all night. This includes to the after prom too, where I never saw him in person. Our high school had a radio or a TV channel for kids to run, and during prom, they would record us going up the stairs and playing around in the gym at after prom for the parents to see their kids having fun and whatnot. It took one of my friends to point it out, but it showed me playing DDR for a while against my friend Phil and SK was standing right behind me, watching for a good five minutes. I never even knew, and the one that still creeps me out to this day is graduation for his class. 
Our classes were so big that they did a day and a night ceremony where all the students had to attend the day one. I was scanning the crowd to see my friends who were graduating when I saw a hand wave as I passed by. I looked back and, of course, it was SK waving at me. How he picked me out of a crowd of thousands, I will never know. 2006 senior year was great though, no signs of creepy SK to the point where I kind of actually forgot about him. I graduate, I choose a college in town, get a job at a local retail store and I move on. Life was beginning to be normal again. I was working the game department so you get the weird randos once in a while but they were pretty harmless for the most part. One that I saw a lot was this little Mexican guy with glasses. But this is important too, I promise who never really purchased anything but would just walk around from time to time. Then SK comes strolling in the doors and walks into gaming and just talks. I ask him flat out how he knew that I worked here. He says that his friend saw me and knew that we were friends. I tried to radio for help over and over for someone to come and get him out and finally a big guy from computers walks by and asks for my help in the back. Once he pulls me to safety, I tell him everything. From that point on, security is aware and is told to watch out for this guy. Of course, he wasn't doing anything physical, so all they could do for me is watch out for me, really. And so, every time that he would come in, they would walkie-talkie me and I would just dip back to the warehouse. I started seeing his little ninja friend, NF now, constantly and all he ever did was walk around on his phone. I began to suspect that he was actually texting SK to tell him that I was at work too because sure enough, 10 minutes later, he would come in too. So I tested this theory and started walking randomly around the store. At one point, a friend who worked register asked why I would do this so I had her take a walk with me on her break. I told her this NF would follow us everywhere, even just going down a random aisle. And sure enough, he did just that and she began to freak out. A few minutes later, I told her that my stalker would walk through those doors. And again, sure enough, there he was. So, I'm making my way to the warehouse and out steps Ninja Friend from an aisle and says, she's right here. I just stared at him like, who the hell do you think you are? SK walks up behind me and asks why I'm always running away from him and oh, he lost my number and asks if I can give it to him again. I say, knowing damn good and well that I never actually gave it to him, sure. I go to the warehouse, write, this is where I work, don't ever come here again, and hand it to him and glare at his friend, walkie security about him and sit in the warehouse and basically just break down. Security tells me later that, apparently, he also cried while they took him out. Later that day, as I'm leaving work, security offers to walk me to my car. This, of course, isn't really to the rules, but friends caring about friends, so I say sure. And SK is out by my car waiting for me. So this is where security says, screw it, and calls the police, which are conveniently next to their headquarters. He books it when he sees the car and after that, I don't see him for a while. A few years go by, nothing really comes up, I buy a fancy new car and I don't see him much. I'm thinking that that must have done the trick and I'm finally free. But at one point, my buddies and I are leaving work ready to hit a night at the bar per usual, Thursday deal. We're all walking out the door where we all have to stand and wait to hear the alarm sound to verify it's armed. And as we're walking out... I hear it, that awful sound of hey and my name. I cringe and I grab my friend's arm and I turn. There he is leaning on his car, waiting. My friend recognizes him straight away and asks what he wants. The guy says that he just wants to talk to me. He didn't even see my car so he didn't think I worked here anymore. His other friend is sitting in the back seat of his car just staring at me blankly. I start to think the worst. If my friends leave me here, my gut tells me that I'm not coming to work the next day, or ever for that matter. I'm terrified that he's had years of time to think about our last encounter where I wrote my number down and made him cry. I grab my friend's arm tighter and my friend just goes off, pretends to be my boyfriend and rips into him. My friend is about two feet taller and much, much bigger. 
They get into it and I'm just standing in the parking lot and I'm a terrible person for this but I'm sure you understand at this point thinking kick his ass. He spooks SK so bad that I'm pretty sure he actually pissed himself before getting into his car and just booking it. And ever since, if he comes into the store, my friend just stares him down from his office and he leaves. Oh, and uh, he never actually bought anything in all the years that he was coming there as well. Years later, I've moved on, gotten married and even moved out of town. Recently, we've moved back to start a business and to this day, I still feel myself looking behind me at stores just in case I randomly bump into this guy. He honestly caused me to be terrified for over a decade and even after moving on, I still feel the effects today and I never even knew his name. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. I've had many paranormal experiences, but they've always just been me seeing a shadow here and there, hearing a voice when no one else was home, stuff like that. I saw a tall hooded figure around my house a couple of times and every time I did, I've just kind of shrugged it off because I was able to simply describe them as ghosts and that was it. But there was one event that I've never been able to figure out what exactly happened, so hopefully sharing this will result in someone helping me figure this out. A few years ago, I was in my basement painting. It was maybe 7 in the evening, I think, and I heard my mum call for me to put my dog in her cage. She was still a puppy and not quite potty trained yet. So I went upstairs and I put her in bed. As I was making sure the cage door was secure, I heard someone walking towards me. I turned around and saw my brother standing in front of the basement stairs, and as I stood up, he just bolted down the stairs. I didn't think anything of it really and I followed him down the stairs to pack up my art supplies. As I reached the bottom of the stairs, I once again noticed my brother just standing still in the middle of the extra living space that we had down there. I gave him a weird look and asked if he was okay. He simply looked at me and slowly nodded his head and went back to just staring into space. I did think that it was pretty odd but I wasn't about to question him further so I just let it go. After I finished putting my paints away, I saw my brother walk into his room, his room was in the basement, and said that he was going to bed. He closed the door and turned off the light and that was pretty much the end of it. I walked past his room and went upstairs. As I was approaching the second set of stairs that leads to the second story of the house, I hear someone walking down the stairs. I look up and I stop dead in my tracks because standing there, right there in front of me, was my brother again. He was walking down the stairs with a set of bathroom supplies in his hands. I called him out and I explained to him how I'd just seen him go into his room to sleep but he swore that he'd been upstairs for the last hour because my mum forced him to clean the bathroom. 
it would have been impossible for him to walk into his room, close the door, run back up two flights of stairs, gather the bathroom supplies and then meet me at the bottom of the first level stairs without me seeing him run around like a maniac or something. And no, we don't have any trap doors or anything in my house, so it just wasn't possible. People have told me that it was a skinwalker, people have said that it was a demon, people have said that it was a glitch in the matrix, but I'm really not sure what the hell happened. This isn't the only time that something like this has actually happened in my house too. My sister-in-law, for instance, claimed that she saw me sitting on my bed with my hair covering my face and then when she got down to the kitchen, she saw me eating some food. She started crying because she, and I quote, waved at the damn thing and it limply held up its hand in response. But my family has always been involved with some sort of paranormal activity. My mum and I always see a tall black hooded figure in my house. My boyfriend once saw it in my basement and brother once saw it in my doorway. I'm really not sure if this hooded man has anything to do with what happened to me and my sister-in-law, but I have no clue how to figure out what this is. Because one thing I do know for sure is that that was not my brother. As a kid, I was obsessed with all things paranormal. I was constantly trying to learn more about it through TV shows or books. After a while, I started to feel like I was being watched. I had certain toys that I swore would just come to life and watch me. One of them freaked me out so much, in fact, that I had to make it face the wall. Because of this, I believed that there was a presence in our house and I wanted to see it for myself. So, every time I left the house for the day, I would take something, put it in the middle of my room and say, If someone is here, move this before I get back. Nothing ever happened, so eventually I just decided to give up. But then, one night, I was up late, scrolling through my phone, when I heard these loud, heavy footsteps walking down the hall and stop at my door. The footsteps sounded familiar to if my dad was walking to my room with his work boots on. So my first thought was that it was my dad because my room is at the end of our hallway and my parents' room is at the end but on the right. Our hallway is wood but the bedrooms are carpet so in theory my dad was walking to his bedroom and they seemingly stopped at my door because he turned into his room and was now walking on carpet. Except it was about three hours too early for him to be leaving for work. So I opened my door to see not one single light is on and that both my parents are fast asleep. That's when the fear set in. Initially, I thought someone broke into a house, so I freak out and tell my parents that I heard someone walking around. My dad checked every inch of our house. There was no sign that anybody was or had been in our home. They thought that I was just hearing things, but they were clear as day and I knew what I heard. And soon after that, I opened my door to see a black figure at the end of the hallway. It had no face, but I could tell that it was a man wearing a trench coat and some sort of fedora-type hat. I completely froze, and as soon as I realized what I saw, it was just gone. Another time, I was in the living room, and I saw the same thing standing in the kitchen. Like the first time, I froze, and before I had time to even think about it, it vanished. Neither time did I feel scared, though, or get a bad vibe or anything. Also, from what I've read, most people see him at night or during sleep paralysis. Both times I've seen him, it was daytime and I was wide awake. Before seeing him, I had never heard of the hat man or shadow people, so I definitely couldn't have imagined it. But my family used to laugh when I would tell them about these encounters because they thought that I just had a wild imagination. It wasn't until one day, my mom picked me up from school and said something weird happened to her. She said that she was sitting on the couch reading her book when she noticed a black shadow standing in the hallway just looking at her. I asked if it looked like a man with a trench coat and a hat and the look on her face was absolutely priceless. I think that's when she realized that what she'd seen was real and that all those stories that she used to laugh at were real too. Although my experiences weren't exactly sinister, I wasn't crazy about seeing the hat man and wished for it to stop, and eventually it did. I kind of forgot about it too until a few years later. I was staying at my cousin's house for the week and one afternoon I was there alone. 
I was in her room with the door shut, just hanging out my phone, when I heard those same heavy men-like footsteps walking around the hallway. My uncle's office is right next to her room, so I thought maybe that he'd just gotten home and went into his office. But no. I opened the door and called out for them, but there was nothing but silence. I walked around the house, and there was nobody. I checked the garage, no cars... When everyone got home, they all confirmed that they hadn't been home all day. I also learned from my aunt that day that before my great-grandma died, she kept freaking out, talking about a man's shadow outside her window. And it was at that point that I learned about the hat man. It took me years to realize that other people had seen him too. So, what do you guys think? I can't really find much info on the hat man, which is why I'm sharing this here. I haven't been able to find many stories quite like mine. Most have to do with sleep paralysis. But if anyone has any info or links or anything like that, please let me know in the comments section below. When I was about 13, I used to have my bed right under my bedroom window. It was also around that time that my dog was brought inside because she got too old to stay out. At the time, we didn't have the screen coverings that we have now, so the window could easily be opened and there was no barrier. I always left my window open during the day to let in fresh air, then close and lock it when it started getting dark. My house is also surrounded by forest, not very thick but still thick enough that you can't see clearly through it. It's completely normal hearing strange noises at night because, well, things like bears or stray dogs or even our former neighbor's chickens would just roam around our yard. So when I heard something shuffling around my window, I didn't think much about it and continued playing video games. Not even 10 minutes later, I heard something hit against it. I thought that it may have been a dune bug, but when they hit a window they can sound like rocks. So I just ignored it. The knocking kept going, but I just kept ignoring it and it finally stopped. Fast forward until around 2am, I was finally settling down and going to sleep when... I hear breathing, very faint too, enough to miss if my room wasn't silent. And then I heard something drag down my window, like a stick or a finger. It did it a few times and that was enough for me. I jumped out of bed and ran to my dad's room. I told him that there was something at my window and he immediately came to look. We turned out the light so we could see better, but there was nothing. I told him what I heard though and he said that he would take a look in the morning. We did just that and my stomach churned because under my window there were two different foot tracks. One back and forth beside the generator and one that was back and forth directly under my window. There were even some cigarette butts laying around near some bushes like he had crouched there and just waited. The foot tracks also led towards the woods. We have neighbours that live through the woods and down the hill and are very trashy so we chalked it up to one of them coming up here drunk. But the thought that scared me the most about all of this was the fact that when I went to open my window later that day, I found that it was actually unlocked. I had forgotten to lock it the night before and he could have gotten in without one issue. So this is going to be a bit of a long one so please hang in there. All of this really started about seven years ago I'd say and I'll try my best to keep it all in chronological order. Okay so a bit of detail before we get into the meat and potatoes. I was going to college and renting my uncle's basement and on weekends I would usually drive home to my mum's house which was about a 40 minute drive away. This story will span from those places to a few more but mainly at those. The first night that I ran into CSG, the creepy stalker ghost, I was at my mum's house on a Thursday night after I got off work. I got to her place around 10.45pm and went to my old room and started watching Netflix with my headphones on. I didn't have it too loud because my sister, who was in high school at the time, still had her room light on and occasionally she would knock to ask me questions on her homework and whatnot. The night was rather uneventful and I decided to call it a night and I texted my girlfriend at the time to tell her goodnight and for privacy's sake I'll call her Jill. 
I didn't get a reply, which made sense considering it was 12.30am, and she had to get up early to go help her grandma with something. I fell asleep shortly after, and I was in a nice deep sleep, when suddenly I woke up to the feeling of someone getting up out of my bed. In my tiredness, my first thought was that it was Jill needing to get up for something in the night. As I reached out to touch what I thought was her shoulder to see if she was okay, she stood up. As what I thought was Jill had stood up, I realized that it actually wasn't Jill. This was a lot taller than her, and when it turned around, it was a figure just dressed all in black. And every time I've seen this figure too, no matter the amount of minimal light, the only light that would hit it was enough to slightly outline the clothing, which was a, an old-timey suit with like a long overcoat. The head was the same, with only enough light to barely make out the features, aside from a very obvious smile and eyes which held a very slight greenish tint, as if a pale green light was shining gently into its eyes. And at this point, as soon as it looked at me, an intense feeling of fear just washed over me, and I no lie, started to cry. I had experienced a few things before, but nothing compared to that feeling. I started scrambling for my phone to shine a light on it, and as soon as I got my screen lit up and shined it in the direction of the figure, it was just gone. But instead of turning on a light after that, I kept tapping the screen to keep it bright until I just fell back to sleep. I wasn't asleep for long though until I woke up again to that same intense feeling. I looked to where the figure had been the first time and there it was again, just standing and staring and smiling. I quickly grabbed my phone again and shine a light and again it was gone. This happened another couple of times before I took out my laptop and adjusted the settings to keep the screen on and then propped it up to shine on the area that I had seen the figure. And after that I fell asleep with no issues the rest of the night. The next sighting was one week later. I was watching Netflix this time as usual and I heard my sister get up and walk into the kitchen and then come back and I heard the lights click meaning that she was finally going to bed. The time must have been around 11.45pm or so. But just outside of my old room to the immediate right was the door to the bathroom which I had a nightlight to see when you woke up in the middle of the night and the walls aren't super heavy duty so when someone closes a door the wall can shake if you don't close it nicely. That'll come into play soon, and it's pretty important. So the way my bed and dresser were situated, my door was to my right, and I was tucked in the corner of my wall and dresser, so I had a backrest. With my laptop on my lap watching a show, I noticed out of the corner of my eye, my door slowly opened. I looked, expecting to see my sister, but as soon as I turned to look, the door slammed, shaking the wall that I was leaning on. And about a half a second went by before that intense feeling of terror and dread came back and I looked up to find CSG just standing there smiling at me. As soon as I recognized what it was, I turned my laptop around and it was gone. Not wanting to deal with it again, I turned my room light on and turned off Netflix and I just called it a night. But now, things really picked up. So my weekend ends and mid-Sunday night and I'm heading back to my uncle's so that I can drop off stuff and head to work. I get back from work and play some video games for a couple of hours before going to bed around 1.30am. I was in a light sleep and it was about 2.30am when I woke up to the sound of whispering. The way I had my basement set up, I had my bed on the opposite end of the windows facing the street, and I had a couple of bookshelves at the foot of my bed, behind the TV, to kind of separate the rest of the room from my bed. On the opposite side of the bookshelves, there was a couch to the left that I can still see from my bed, and the door to go to the hallway, to the garage, and the stairs to go up. Anyway, I wake up from the whispering and start listening harder, thinking that my uncle was still awake upstairs and on the phone or something. And that was when I saw a head pop up over the bookshelves and look at me, and as soon as I saw it, it popped back down for a handful of seconds before coming back up and staying up. I recognized it as CSG right away and turned on the light over my bed and it was gone. I turn on a movie on my TV and get comfortable enough to turn the light off and eventually I drift back off to sleep. The movie ends and enough time passes that the TV and the DVD player go into sleep mode and again I wake up to the sound of whispering and 
I quickly look around to find CSG sitting on the arm of the couch, just staring and smiling. An intense feeling comes over me again, and what felt like 10 or 15 minutes, we just looked at each other, and eventually CSG got up and walked out of the door to the hallway. And after that, I fell back asleep for the rest of the night with no issue. The very next night, though, the same thing happened again, but the only new thing was the sound of CSG dragging something heavy across the floor which to this day I still can't figure out what it was, unless it was moving the chairs and then moving the back or something. The events of those two nights though became a commonplace thing for the next few months. By now it was getting into late summer and I was riding my motorcycle as much as I could until I had to park it due to the weather. I always had a spot on the end of the bookshelf for my keys and wallet and every day that is the spot that they would end up. And I'll repeat that they never went anywhere else. I had that Thursday off for some reason too, so I was taking my time getting ready to ride down to my mum's and then stop out at Jill's and see her and her parents for a bit too. Earlier in the year, I had traded my old bike for a 2012 Ninja 650R and I was excited to take it down. I go grab my key after putting my wallet into my pocket and I can't find the key. I grab the spare and put it in my jacket just in case and I start checking my old pants nothing. I check under a pile of clean clothes that I had yet to fold. Nothing. I check my car. Nothing there. No key anywhere. So I figure that I'll look for it later and I go down for the weekend and make note to everyone to please keep an eye out for it because I can't find it. I eventually go back to my uncle's not having found the key and I kind of forgot about it. Events with CSG going as usual and about three weeks pass. I head back down to my mum's and I make a stop on Friday out of Jill's because she was off school. I get there and I help her do her laundry that needed to be done and we reach the bottom of an old pile and lo and behold, there is my key. Now, it is beyond me how not only could my key move within my bedroom, but to a completely different house, that just seems impossible. But there it was, staring at me in the face. Again though, things go on as usual and fast forward about uh, another four months I would say. Jill is taking the semester off of school and gets a job at a place near where I live so she starts staying a few nights at my uncle's with me. One night she was off work and watching a movie sitting on my bed when she told me that she had noticed a shadowy figure pacing by the windows on the opposite side of the room. Now, at this point, I had yet to tell her about CSG because I didn't want to freak her out or have her think that I was crazy. A couple of weeks go by and randomly in the middle of the night, she wakes me up saying that she's sorry. I asked what she was sorry for and what she was even talking about and she replied saying that she had kicked me. Me being tired, I responded saying that it was okay and that she had asked to trade sides of the bed because she seemed a bit scared about something. I fall asleep for about an hour before I roll and kick something at the foot of the bed fairly hard. I knew immediately too that it wasn't her because there was absolutely no gift to what I had kicked. I quickly turn the light on above my bed and we both look at the spot that we had kicked and the comforter was compressed and slowly rising as if whatever was there had just gotten up. We both just look at each other and after that, we decided to leave the light on and turn a movie on for the night. A bit more time goes by though and from a local restaurant, my uncle actually got a Valentine's Day balloon that he then gave to me so I took it downstairs and let it go to the ceiling. A couple of nights go by and it's just the usual CSG antics and I was thankful that it didn't wake up Jill at all. Then, another night when I was at work, and Jill was still at my uncle's watching movies with the night off work, there was a video of this on my old phone that she sent me, but when I recently checked the SD card, it got corrupted, so I lost the video, but she was sitting on the bed when, all of a sudden, the balloon just started bobbing up and down and making circles. It then bobbed and drifted over to where CSG usually sat on the arm of the couch and circled there for a few minutes before moving to the foot of the bed where it had been sitting and started bobbing and circling there for almost five minutes and then slowly bobbed back to where the balloon started, not moving at all after that. I looked at the video on my break at work and called her to calm her down and when I got home I popped the balloon and I just threw it away. 
Again, it was the usual deal of CSG antics for a couple of weeks before Jill and I were watching a movie. She was sitting up and eating some fruit by the foot of the bed and I was half laying against her holding her hand across her stomach. She has poor circulation so her hands are always cold so I didn't think much of it. Now, the way she eats fruit, she would hold the wax paper in one hand to peel it off the actual fruit and use the other hand to hold it and eat it. In other words, it takes her two hands to eat it. When out of nowhere, I feel the hand, with the fingers interlaced, grab my hand incredibly tight and jerk away. I looked up at her with an angry look to see her eating the fruit. Two hands. All she said was what, with a very confused tone. I told her that it wasn't nice to squeeze my hand and then jerk away like that. After that, she looked really puzzled and just wiggled her hands saying that her hands had been eating the fruit the whole time. Thoroughly creeped out by this, we turned on all the lights and a movie before eventually falling asleep again. More time went by and Jill was back in school full time and back at her parents' house and I was still at my uncle's working on what would be my last semester at the school that I was at. Usually, SCG things went by and nothing too more out of the ordinary. His visits were a nightly basis, but they were pretty harmless for the most part. The new year came and it was April that I decided to change schools and left my uncle's and moved into a portion of Jill's parents' house that we rented from them and it was at this point when my run-ins with CSG started to slow down a little bit and I wasn't seeing him as close as I had been before. Now where they live, there's a lot of old native Indian burial mounds and some in crop fields that are no longer there but all that's a different story that I can post later. But anyway, that winter, my best friend was down in his parents' house for the winter break and his parents were having their houses appraised so he just wanted to stay out of the way so we stayed at my mum's and hung out and played video games for four days. On the second night in was the last before a long break of run-ins with CSG. I gave my best friend the guest room and I took the floor to the living room in the basement. I used a ton of blankets and built a sort of nest so it was nice and comfy. The way that I positioned up my head, there was a love seat that acted as a kind of partition in the basement from workout equipment and the living room. To my left was the regular couch, at my feet was the TV, and behind the wall behind the TV was the guest room. The door to the guest room was just off of the TV, and to the right of that was a small L-shaped hallway that went the same direction as walking in the door to a small bathroom. And I woke up in the night at 1.08am, after not having been asleep for too long, I check the time and then look around and look towards the hall and there I see SCG standing in the hall peeking around the corner. We look at each other for about 5 minutes too before CSG slowly walks down the hall further and disappears into the dark. I fall back asleep only to wake up again, this time at 2.08am and this time CSG was squatting at the corner of my nest just to the right of my feet. I whisper to him to please go away and leave me be. His smile got wider though and he stood up and walked back to the dark. Eventually I fall back asleep and wake up again at 4.08am and this time I'm laying on my back and on all fours over top of me is CSG, his face about two inches from mine, same slight green tint in his eyes and a massive smile on his face. It felt like forever but was probably like a minute if that when finally he slowly got up and walked back to the hall and before he disappeared he turned back around and smiled again and then was gone. At that point he was actually gone for a few years. I thought that there were maybe a few times when I saw him again but was never 100% sure. Every time after that when I had to go into my mum's basement I would always get that same intense feeling along with the feeling of being watched but had never actually seen him. And now we get to the part that was kind of dumb on my part. So I was down in the basement for something and I had that intense feeling before I finally said alright fine then let's go just kind of asking it to follow me again which it kind of half worked at that point. On occasion, I did start seeing CSG again, but always far away. But since then, I'm no longer with Jill, and I now rent an old farmhouse just outside of my town that I grew up in. Fast forward to about two weeks ago, and I got on the subject of skinwalkers with my mum, and it reminded me of CSG, and I was telling her about the stories too, just because it had been a while. 
And again, I kind of thought that it was odd that even though I had told CSG to come along again, that it never got too close and I ended up telling my mum that. Even she had told me every now and then that she would get an odd feeling when she would be in the basement alone, late at night. This kind of creeped me out too, but I didn't think much of it and eventually just went home and relaxed a bit and watched The Office with my dad. I moved him out there with me to keep an eye on him because he's got an early onset of Alzheimer's. No incidents that night at all though. But now, this past Thursday night, it was about 10 or 10.30pm. 10 Things in the house were nice and quiet and I was playing some Minecraft with my current girlfriend using the phone to talk because that seems to work better for some reason. But I had the volume off just enjoying the quiet and neither of us were talking when I heard a man's voice outside yell, Hey! It sounded like he was trying to get someone's attention. I at first thought it could have been my landlord coming over to check on his horses and close the barn up for the night, but I remembered that he came over on his buggy a couple of hours earlier and it was way too late for him to usually be out. Thinking someone's out there messing with the horses now, I grabbed my super bright light and one of my carry pistols and put on shoes to walk out. I'm pretty far out of town and the only close house is my landlord and then no one else for quite a ways. I flip on the lights to the entryway and walk out, and as soon as I got outside, I notice that everything is pitch black, and all of a sudden, I get an intense feeling of dread and like I'm being watched. I shine my light all over looking for something as I was around my truck and head toward the barn and the horse pasture where I heard the voice come from. At this point, I have my trusty EDC out and ready to rock and roll. I shine in the horse pasture, which is fairly flat and don't see anything. I don't even see the horse, which means he was probably in the barn or out in the lower pasture or something. I shine my light to some bushes and a tree between the house and the fence. And that was when I saw a shadowy figure nonchalantly walk from a bush to behind the tree. With that, I kept the light there for another moment before getting that intense feeling of dread all over again. So I head back to check out my dad inside and all is well. I quickly lock all the doors and close all the blinds and text my friend who lives in town and I say that I may have someone outside of my house. By this point in my life, I've seen enough normal things and never been so scared to the point where I don't even make a sound and just turn and rush back inside the house. So my friend says to let me know if I want him to come out and drive by and shine a light around from the road and see if he sees anything and then walk around and look so I'm not alone out there in case it is something. I tell him though that I lock the doors and close the blinds to which we agree that that's probably good enough for now. I stay up for about another hour or so before deciding to go to bed. As I sat there just calming down I was trying to think of who could have actually yelled. I thought that maybe the landlord walked over and didn't turn on any of the lights to disturb me and he was further in the barn or something where I couldn't see and that maybe he was trying to get one of the horses attention and as soon as I was starting to think that that was probably the answer I got the same exact feeling as the first time that I ever saw CSG and I knew that it was him again. I finally get up to go to bed and there's a window in my room that faces right to the tree where I saw CSG walk to, not wanting to be convinced that it was actually him. Even still, I got a surge of adrenaline and quickly rushed over and closed the blinds and situated it better so anyone outside couldn't see in. But my whole body was on high alert till about 3am when I finally fell asleep. I woke up around 10.30am just straight exhausted and I just took it easy that day had my usual day off and just relaxed. Now, that Friday night, it was too late in the evening, but I got home from a workout with my best friend and I took a shower and got cleaned up before heading to my girlfriend's house. In my bathroom, there's a clock that's been dead since I moved in. I'm not sure why I never put batteries in it, but I just kept forgetting to. But anyway, the clock had always read 9.07 because growing up, whenever I took a shower, I would always check the time and instinctually, I always checked the clock, even though it always read 9.07. But that night, it was different. I got out of the shower and the clock read 12 o'clock exactly. And that brings me to right now while I'm typing this. I'm sorry that this is a really long story, but I wanted to get as much detail in as I could. I was trying to think of how far back this goes when I was telling my girlfriend about it. 
and it reminded me of a reoccurring dream that I always had when I was eight, whenever I would stay at my dad's apartment that he had at the time. I would wake up and under my desk, I would always see a face staring at me and smiling, so the first possible sighting could have been about 17 years ago. But on that part, I'm not too sure because it was a long time ago. If anyone has any idea about what CSG may be, please comment and share because I would love to know. Over the years, I've talked to my great aunt, who is very in tune with spiritual things. And basically, I've given everything that I've told you here to her, and after typing this up, I'm pretty sure that this thing is very bad, very powerful, and possibly even demonic. I don't know, and I'm just guessing, but it seems that way. She said the key factors too were the eyes, that it was tangible and that it appeared to more than just me, and the feelings it gave to those who noticed it too. Anyway, if you guys have any ideas of how to get rid of this thing or what it might even be, I would love to hear it. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.